welcome to the Broken Pipe Drug Podcast, episode 199. I'm your host, Derek Moore. And this week, I'm going to ask, is this 1994-1995 all over again? The Fed, interest rates, markets, Fed pivots. I know last week I said enough with the Fed pivot. But I'm going to take you back. And a lot of people have said, hey, have you seen anything like this current period that we're going through? And my answer is always, yeah, 1994, 1995. The Fed was very aggressively raising rates, even though we didn't really have any uh, inflation back then, which was kind of odd. So, and what does it mean for sort of the, if we think about 1994, 1995, and then we look at 2022, 2023, what does that portend for markets, for interest rates, and for the economy? So, by the way, I always like getting questions. Uh, this topic comes from questions I get. You can reach me at Derek.more at ZegaFinancial.com. That's D-E-R-E-K dot M-O-O-R-E at Zega, Z is in zebra, E is in Eddie, G is in George, A is in Apple. Financial is up to you to spell correctly.com. So if I go back, and I'll put some links into this, uh, there is a, uh, this is from Business Insider, and they've got a copy of the Saturday, February 5th, 1994 newspaper. You might say, what's significant about that? Well, the headline is interest rate hike dumps the Dow. And there was a quote that said the announcement was made to avoid any misunderstanding of the committee's purposes. Okay. And what did that really mean? Well, it was significant because that was the first time uh, really the Federal Reserve had raised interest rates since 1989. They had raised them and then they lowered them. We had a, a recession in 1990. It wasn't really a bad recession. Uh, but they did a, a lowering, I think it was 92, 93. They brought it down to around 3%. So that was sort of significant. And you can imagine when stocks fall and also bonds fell because interest rates went up. April 18th, the FOMC committee, that's the Federal Open Market Committee, decided to do something. And I'm, I'm quoting from a press release from the Federal Reserve dated April 18th, 1994. They held a, a conference call. Never, no Zoom meetings back then, no internet. <laughs> and they decided to hike rates another 25 basis points or 0.25% in between meetings. And so that was sort of odd as well. It wasn't a scheduled meeting. Now, you have to understand back then, the Fed didn't have press conferences. They didn't release their economic projections. All the Fed governors weren't sitting there doing speech after speech and doing media appearances. It was really opaque. In fact, I remember watching CNBC and they would look and they would say, all right, we got Alan Greenspan, the chairman of the Fed, coming into the, the building. How thick is his briefcase? They used to call it the Greenspan, Grease, uh, uh, Greenspan briefcase indicator. But it's interesting. We're getting calls right now from a lot of quote unquote, you know, pundits on CNBC and other economists saying, hey, what is the Fed doing? Well, 94, this is May 19th of 1994. This is the Fort Scott Tribune. Don't know where this is, but uh, oh, it looks like that's Kansas. And again, I'll link to this because this is all from a Business Insider article. And the headline is, Why Slow the Economy? And, you know, they had somebody, uh, 
you know, a worker coming out of an office building and they have the, uh, the interview and, you know, they're, they're kind of critical, like, Hey, uh, how can they say the economy is growing so fast? And this guy's saying, look, you know, I just finished getting unemployment. I'm trying to get back into, to a job. It's not easy because they're trying to cut down staff, but you know, so there's a lot of similarities that you see over and over again. And the thing that I remember, too, is, you know, if we look at back in 1994, as I said, the rate was 3 percent. It was lower to 3 percent September 4th of 1992. And then they go ahead in February and raise it to 3.25 percent. So what happens from there? Well, March, they go to 3.5, April, 3.75. Uh, 4.25% in May, 4.75 August, 5.5% in November. And it reminds me of 94 because that was really the last time that, at least in my experience, that bonds had sort of a really rough year. And we weren't starting from a 0.25% you know, starting point like we were now, but the Fed rate raised from 3% all the way up to 5.5%. Okay. They didn't stop though. February and July, uh, actually at the February meeting, they raised to 6%. And then they lowered. And then they lowered. By July, it was 5.75. And then December 19th, it was 5.5. Now, to give you some perspective, in 1994, GDP was 4%, unemployment was 5.5%, and inflation was 2.6%. There was no meaningful inflation, which I go back to the headline. Greenspan said, we wanted to just sort of show the markets who was boss. So that's my interpretation of that. Uh, so that there's no, quote unquote, misunderstanding of the committee's intentions. What's interesting, though, is that if we think about where we are now, our next meeting is February. And I think the Fed governors have been pretty clear. They still intend to raise rates, even though it appears that things like cost to ship a container from Asia have dropped. Uh, we're getting, according to freight waves, there's some trucking companies who are saying, hey, you know, demand is down for our services. And if we look at a year over year basis or a change of the CPI, uh, it's dropping. Of course, it's denominator and numerator stuff, you know, that gets comes into play. You got an old number and then you got to compare it to the new number. But the last print for CPI was 0.1% month over month. And, you know, we're in the sevens now year over year. I wouldn't say that inflation is really expanding. What we do know is that the way that they measure housing data and housing is a big part of CPI, uh, less so of the... Uh, PCE, it's a little bit less percentage there, but there's a lag effect. It's how they do the surveys. I've talked about that before. Uh, they don't look at, hey, right today, if you're going to rent an apartment, what's my rent going to be or the owner's equivalent rent for a house? No, what they do is as people are coming off leases and they're in the sample size, they're saying, hey, you know, what's your rent? So there's a lag effect there. So it's interesting, though, because are we going to see a 94-95 type of situation where, hey, the Fed is saying, now, look, back then, the Fed did not give projections. You know, you have Fed governors out there today saying, hey, we're going to 
keep rates high for 11 or 12 months. We're not just going to pivot. What did they do in 1995? February, they went to 6%, but July, they were already lowering a quarter of a point to 5.75%. So, and by the way, the Fed, they make these economic projections. And if I ever find it, I'll, I'll post it. I forget if it's still available on the zegafinancial.com website. But I sort of did screenshots of all these economic projections and then looked at what the actual numbers were a year later. And it's I don't want to say the Fed never gets it right, but they sort of never really get it right. And even James Bullard, who's on the Fed, has said, you know, we don't really do a great job of making long-term economic projections. In fact, one month he didn't submit his. There was an empty dot in his chair, so to speak. So what about 94 and 95? and the markets. Well, if we look at, let's say, in 1994, I remember, you know, the market was essentially flat. You know, you're kind of tapping your screen and and the screens back then were just this, this black screen with, uh, you know, green, the green screen, right? And it didn't really do too much, but you could pull up a price and you still traded on tickets back then. At least we did wrote a ticket up, put it in a tube, threw it in the wall, and it would go down to the order room. And they'd go and they'd start to, to send that out to the floor. And maybe you got a, an execution back, you know, if you were lucky, a half hour later, you'd find out if you actually bought the thing or not. But 94 was very, very sideways. And it was essentially flat by the end of the year. So then what happens? Well, February 1st, Remember, they did that last raise in 1995. What's interesting, though, is that markets started to go up off the bottom in, I'd say, December. Right around December 9th of 1994 was the the most recent low in the market. And they started to go up a little bit before what turned out to be that last price increase for the Fed funds rate. And we see Fed funds, the markets were going up even when they raised those extra 25 basis points. What we wind up seeing, though, in 95 is that was the last date that they rose. The Fed funds topped out, you know, right around 6%, maybe a little bit higher in March. Uh, Of course, the Fed funds is, you know, they set it, but then there is the actual, the effective Fed funds actually can, uh, can float a little bit there. But the market was going up. The market started going up before that last raise. The market kept going up and the market continued to go up, you know, at 94 to to 99 was another strong period in equities. And so, look, I don't know what's going to happen, but I do think it's really interesting that I remember there was, you know, back then we didn't get much information, but the bond market was had a tough year. Stocks had a really flat year, and that's when earnings went up from memory. I think there were 25, 30% earnings growth, and the market was flat. We don't have that type of earnings growth in 2022. Uh, so far, uh, it looks like, and depending upon, you know, if you look at Morgan Stanley's analyst estimates, they're predicting a down year for earnings. If you look at other people, they're predicting an up year for earnings. And, and Jay Pestitrelli and I, Jay will be on next week for episode 200. A big episode there. We've always said, hey, look, you know, this is about earnings. This is about following earnings. So 
I think this could be another replay in 1994, 1995. And I 100% could be absolutely wrong on that. And I have no idea what the market's going to do. I know that sounds, I always say, it sounds odd for someone who's a financial professional to say that. That's why we buy the market, we hedge, we have buffers, we do other things, try and generate income in markets. Uh, but it is very similar because, you know, the effective Fed funds right, right now, and of course, you know, they rose another, rose, raised another 50 basis points at the December meeting. That was this week. We're, you know, right around 4.33%, the effective Fed funds rate. Their target range is 425 to 450. So, you know, they've been doing 75 basis point increases. They just did a 50 basis point increase. All right. If they go up to five, would it surprise me if that's the terminal rate, if that's where they end? No. Again, everyone, you know, on the Fed, or at least their, their uh, projections say, hey, we're not going to lower interest rates next year. Okay, go back a year and a half, go back two years. What was their projection, their long-run projection for interest rates? It certainly wasn't this high. So if you want to kind of take a look, I'll post some, uh, you know, some different, uh, I'm going to do this Business Insider article. I'm going to throw uh, the Fed funds effective rate in there. And I'll also put an article to the balance uh, that they... They kind of have the history of interest rates. So I just think it's interesting. You know, 94 also had the Orange County blowout. For those of you who don't know what that is, Orange County, they were, they were running a pension, uh, you know, the, the government of Orange County. And I think they were borrowing on the short end to buy the long end of, of the interest rate curve. And when short rates went up, they went up, I believe they filed bankruptcy. And, you know, you can kind of Google that. Um, they were using sort of like a, I think they were using swaps or something like that. Um, but, you know, that that was a big deal back then. And while the FTX isn't necessarily an interest rate story like Orange County was, I do think it's interesting when you have rates that are zero and then you have interest rates go up quite a bit. Sometimes what does Warren Buffett say? You know, that when the tide goes out, the tide goes in. I don't know. Tide goes somewhere. And then you see who's, uh, who's swimming naked, right? So, all right. As Mark, I think it's Mark Twain, history doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes. And I got a feeling that 94, 95, uh, it's possible we see something like that. It's also possible that they keep raising rates and they don't pivot this year. Maybe the Fed is going to do what they say they've done. And so far, they have done that, despite the market sometimes misreading their intentions. I think that was the case, uh, you know, after when they raised 50 basis points and the market opened up a few percent. The market was saying, hey, you know, this is, and Powell had his press conference and the market was rallying during the press conference. And the market was saying, you know, this is great. And then the Fed speakers come out and say, no, 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 we got more work to do. We're going to raise rates more. We could see rates going to five or five and a half percent. Uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Final thing I'll say about interest rates and keeping interest rates high, there is a huge incentive, a huge incentive. And I'm, look, I mean, I, the Fed is not supposed to be political. Uh, Fed board governors are approved by Congress. 
the Fed chair is, you know, appointed by uh, the governors and the chair is appointed by the president, approved by Congress. And so, you know, and, and you go back to Nixon, I think Johnson, and they had very direct conversations with Fed chairs about policy. And I bring this up because I think there is a huge incentive for rates to go back down. And that huge incentive is the fact that our debt is so large right now and the interest on the debt. And we have grown our debt by a whole lot. And for a lot of years, the average interest rate on all that debt outstanding was somewhere around 2%. If that debt winds up, you know, the interest rate goes up and stays up and that debt goes up, you know, as far as, uh, not, I mean, look, the debt's going up as well. I mean, Congress can't help themselves. We keep spending and running deficits. You know, they're politicians. What do you expect from them? But the interest on the debt starts to become such a big line item in the budget. And that's just another theory that at some point, I think there's going to be pressure politically to lower interest rates because of that. I mean, if some of the projections, you know, if interest rates are up and stay up, you could have the interest on the outstanding debt, you know, the cost of that interest, paying the interest on those bonds, be greater than the, the defense budget, greater than, you know, discretionary or non-discretionary. So just, just a couple of things there to, uh, to keep in mind. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. How's that? Uh, next week, by the way, a big episode, episode 200. And in that one, we plan to give our 2023 projections. Uh, we'll go through markets, interest rates, the economy, gold, Bitcoin. Everyone knows who listens to this. I am not a fan of crypto. I never have been. I've been a crypto skeptic. And uh, I've already made my comments on FTX and you know, what a mess that is. But we're going to give some predictions. And you know, honestly, if you faded our predictions and went, took the other side, <laughs> you probably would have done well last year. And that's the thing. When predictions are only worth sort of the little bit of time when you're making them, but you never know what's going to happen. So we'll go through those and we'll take you through all those things. And again, drop us a note. Let us know how you like the episodes, how you like the show, and if there's any topics that you want covered in the future. All right, folks, that's it for episode 199. Again, Derek.moreatzegafinancial.com. Do drop me a line. And go ahead and share these episodes with someone you who you think might benefit from them or enjoy them rather than wasting time starring and reviewing and doing all that. You can do that too, but go ahead and share episodes. Uh, send the links out. If, you, if you're on social media, go ahead and post them. I always appreciate that. Uh, and uh, that's it for now. Talk to you all next week.